to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Alexa, and with me is my witchy little friend, Ambie. Hey, how's everybody doing? I think we're doing good. We're doing good. It's cold, (laughs) man. I can't wait to get to Kauai. But I I know. Dude, I just found out that Kauai is really cold and rainy right now. Yeah, it's it's always like pretty chilly and rainy. So you know, yeah, I've been looking up. I've been watching YouTube videos nonstop about like different things to do in Kauai and what the weather's like. And I noticed that everybody on the YouTube videos has a jacket on all the time. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So then I looked up the weather and I was like, well, it's 70 degrees. But when you account for like the overcast and the rain, it probably doesn't feel like a, a bright, sunny 70 degrees. You know what I mean? I do. So that's something to look forward to. Um, <laughs> we'll have fun anyway, even if it never – the sun never shines. Um, yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> um, but we are not alone today. We have Julia Muse here with us who is an artist weaving her magic through spiritual mentoring, intuitive business consulting, photography, poetry, and performance. She seeks to create harmony and balance through the art of healing by celebrating the beauty, perfection, and divinity that is each moment. Working through one-on-one mentorship, group programs, and social media, she's reminding her clients and audience how to dissolve the matrix from the inside out. Hi, Julia. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, it's a pleasure. We were connected by our soul sister, Leah, who we talk about all the time. And um, yeah, we're so happy she connected us with you because this is so up our uh, listening audience's alley and feel like there's just so much good stuff to dig in here with you. But um, before we get into all of that, why don't we start with you know your background and your story and what your journey's been like up until this point? Awesome. So I grew up in San Diego, California. And yeah, super sunny. Awesome. I love San Diego. We have really great access to the oceans. It's really close to the desert and the mountains. Um, Where are you guys located? Philadelphia and Virginia Beach. Yeah, I'm in Virginia Beach, but I grew up in San Diego too. Oh, really? Wow. That's awesome. What part of San Diego did you grow up in? Um, North County, Poway. Poway. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Whoa. That is. That is really crazy. <laughs> uh, it's a lovely little place. I'm, I'm really is. grateful to have grown up there. That's crazy. Um, 
I know. Synchronicity. And <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with some really awesome parents that really always took me out adventuring. I visited Utah and Borrego and a lot of deserts and um, really instilled a deep sense of adventure and love of nature. Um, so that's always been with me and been a guiding force throughout my whole life. And I went to college in where I live now in Humboldt. I went to Humboldt State and studied studio art and got a minor in ethnic studies and really fell in love with the Redwoods and the magic that is the Pacific Northwest. And I've been here for 11 years now and just it keeps getting more beautiful and the more that I, I really deepened into my my love for this place, I feel really held and nurtured by it. Right, and um, yeah, it's a wonderful place to be, and it, it nourishes my my artistic endeavors and creating, as well as my healing work. And this community is super rich in healers and truth seekers, and it's a really magnetic place for that kind of energy and. I first got really connected to my work with spirit through my yoga practice that I picked up after an injury. I played rugby at Humboldt State for its semester and fractured my ankle and was super bummed because I'm a really physical person and that was really mentally trying. I think a lot of injuries for people lead us to a lot of magical things and found yoga and through working with my body, naturally unraveling trauma through that, I felt that my practice had the capacity to not only tap me into my truth, but really offer me the, the strength to, to look at the less awesome parts of myself and my experience. So really weaving in my art with that practice and that process has led me on quite an adventure. I went to herb school and I've studied with plants and worked with entheogenic plant medicine for the past five years. And that's been an important part of my journey. And I feel like all of our lives just trying to add up those pieces together and find out a way to, to teach other people that same path. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so interesting. Is that so? And what are you? Is that what you're working on now? Or so, what are you working on now? Because it sounds like there's like you have a, a couple of different things going on. Yeah. So now I do one on one mentoring with people doing um, over the phone energy work and intuitive counseling. That's really awesome. Really looking to listen to the subconscious programs that people have and teaching them how to do energy work on themselves and just bring spirit into everyday life. I mean, spirit's always there and accessible, but really just reminding people to, to acknowledge that relationship is, is mostly what I do in that sense and working with people that are going through transitions or are ready to up level or expand their, their sense of self or connection with spirit. And I do business consulting, helping healers and artists with their visual presence and creating platforms. Um, having my background in art, I got, I specialize in photography and I really love helping people really hone in on their messaging and finding ways of communicating that through social media mm -hmm. and 
tuning into the aesthetics of what they're doing and weaving in the intelligence of their higher self into the visual representation, which is really fun to do. And there's all sorts of healing work that comes with empowering women to be more visible. So I really love doing work, energy work in conjunction with helping someone make a tangible representation mm-hmm. of their other work. That's my favorite people to support, <laughs> but everyone has their own space and time and place. They need assistance. So I'm open to that and do work with everyone else. And I'm right now in the launch of my virtual coven. This round is called the visionary vixens collective. And Ooh, I like is, that. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, a big part of what I feel is my magic is um, igniting beauty and celebrating beauty and, I think that by focusing on that, um, doing the healing work can be a little bit lighter and more fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> there, wow, there's so many things that you just touched on there that like one of them was it, just the what you're talking about with social media. I was thinking, I was like, oh, Amy, you should talk to her because we've been talking I know, about know, right? <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about this quite a bit. And I, and I think like a lot of people – especially now, you know, and especially people in the spiritual path have this kind of love-hate relationship with social media and it kind of feels really awkward and it kind of feels really some – just it, it's hard to – for people, I think, to share in an authentic – in a way that they feel is authentic. But at the same time, it's such an amazing tool to do so. And so I think, you know, um, by not kind of exploring that and getting into alignment with that, we're missing out on a big opportunity. So I think mm-hmm. that work is like really important and that's awesome that that's something that you're specializing in. It's also a little overwhelming for some of us, myself, basically, that um, I just feel like sometimes I feel like I've had several people point out to me, like you almost never post on social media. So then I feel like when I do, I'm like blowing up everybody's feed. Does that make sense? Totally. I'm sure you hear that a lot from people. Yeah. And it can be daunting. And there there is a lot of time, a split between wanting to be physical and do the work in that way. And then needing to be in front of a screen and devoting a lot of time to making content but there's ways around making it more enjoyable and more fun. Mm. And it's getting really connected to your mes- message. And I find getting into a practice of constantly writing is helpful because then you always have material to draw f- from. Mm, I like that idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. And also, I don't know, this just was coming up to me. Ambie, when you were sharing, like you feel like you're blowing up everyone's feed. And I don't know, Julia, if you have perspective on this, but that just hit me as like, you know, that's such a – it seems like such a feminine um, wound, like, you know, to Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, no, I'm – and too much and everyone's going to get annoyed with me and because I experienced that too. Um, You know, I remember back in my days of college, I was a nightclub promoter in L.A., at like one of the hottest nightclubs and I kind of fell into that in a really weird way and um, that was when like Facebook events were just becoming a thing and um, so what I would do is I had no strategy at all. I would just click select all. I would would invite every one of my Facebook friends to every single nightclub event and just was like, oh, well, this will work. It didn't work, first of all. But number two, I have this specific memory of Going up, uh, going to a, like a New Year's party, like a year later, and someone 
this guy came up to me. He's a very good friend of mine now. But he came up to me. He's like, are you Alexa Hauser? And I was like, yeah. He goes, you are single-handedly like blowing me up to the point like I almost unfriended you the other day because like literally it's it's like abuse at this point. And I – it was this moment of like being – like, oh my God, I didn't even realize what I was doing, whether or not that was like correct or, you know, um, whatever. But the point is, it was kind of this traumatic moment that I still think about when I want to share something, even when I just want to share something that's really authentic to me. I think back to that moment and I'm like, oh, am I like, you know, is this too much? Did I already share too much? Are people annoyed? So I'm I'm just wondering, um, Julia, if you have perspective on that in terms of, like I mentioned, kind of that being a more feminine wound maybe. Mm-hmm. I immediately, it goes to me having, reiterating my love for Instagram over Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that there's such different platforms and doing event stuff like this um, and mass sending them out. It's like, I feel like your audience is so mixed on Facebook, mm-hmm. but on Instagram, yeah. it's really a lot more honed in um, in terms of the frequency that you're emanating. Cause it's just pictures and people that are tuning in to that, it's more people are selective of where they're spending their time on Instagram versus Facebook. It's like old high school boyfriends and your uncle and your chip that. Right. Yeah. It may be harder to show up and be seen and share your message where not everybody may be keen to receiving that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good point for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree with, you know, the, the being seen part and not wanting to take up too much space and whatnot, but people are so bombarded with imagery every day that you're not blowing them up. And if you are, then they're going to tune out and that's not your audience anyways. But the people Mm -hmm. that are thirsty for your medicine, Mm -hmm. eat that shit up and they want it. And it, sometimes we need to be reminded a lot to, to tune in and be reminded. And if we're connected to what we're sharing um, and come back to that, it can be, easier over time. Mm, That was really powerful. I like the way you said that. Definitely. Definitely. And I also like how you were talking about constantly connecting back to your message, which I also would call like your why, right? Like what is your why? Like, and I think that's so – we we were – I was just talking about that earlier today and how whenever – I'm like in a a mastermind of sorts and someone was talking about how like whenever you're feeling lost, you just have to connect back to your why because then it it reinvigorates everything. It reminds you of why you're doing everything you're doing and it, you know, it reconnects you to the larger part of yourself. Um, So I think that's really powerful. And um, I love what you were also saying about, you know, can you talk a little bit more about beauty? I know you mentioned that, like bringing beauty into – what did you say about it? And could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So I'm an avid lover of making everything beautiful, um, whether it's my home or scents and smells and textures. And I think that that brings us back into the felt experience as well and out of story. And I think that that's where a lot of the magic happens is when we're embodied into the feeling. And art has been such a pivotal way for me to tune in with myself as well as transmuting experience and trauma. So I love guiding people into making art of their spaces and their experience to, for it to inform them on a deeper level. Mm. Like what's an example of that for people who are listening? Like what's an example of a way to 
transmute like your pain into art? Cool. So I had an instant where I had a client that was going through a a breakup from a long-term partner and she was going to do a ritual down by at the ocean. And I encouraged her to write a poem about it. And she sent me this video that she had made of her speaking this poem to the ocean. And it brought me to tears. It was so beautiful to, to see someone making a declaration with their art to the earth. And it just reiterated to me deeper of the importance of of speaking our truth and doing it in a poetic way. I mean, people have been doing that since I think we could speak, we've been making art. So it really hits a real cathartic point in people. And when I hear people really artistically tune into that and it's an offering art is a gift back to creation. And it just makes this really epic feedback loop that has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like that. I've I've been doing a lot of art recently because I've been trying to. I used to be. I used to draw all the time when I was younger, and I was just. I was super artistic. And um, as the years have gone on, I've come in and out of it a little bit. Like I got really back into it in college for a bit, but then after that, it just kind of like every time I tried, I just, you know, there's that there's that censorship in the inner critic who's it's so interesting, you know, who's constantly like, that's not right. Or like, that's not. And it's so funny because art is, anything is art. Like literally you could write a word on a paper and that could be art. So someone could say that's art. Right. But we have this, um, you know, this comparison and also this idea of, um, or I guess I'm expressing one of my big limiting beliefs is this idea that like there's a right way to do it, you know, and if I do it another way, then I'm doing it wrong and I don't want to do it wrong. And so it prevents me from even really trying. And so I've um, a couple of my friends who are also listeners, one of them paints all the time. So she, the three of us have just been painting every Wednesday night and it's really amazing. Like the, what I've been finding is that as I paint, like the, it's like, the ideas that are coming through my mind as I'm painting, it's almost like it's putting my – okay, I'm going to try to explain this. It's almost like it's putting my body on autopilot and then my mind is allowed to come – it's occupying my body and then my brain is unblocked somehow and I get these like amazing ideas. And I'll be honest, like the art isn't necessarily coming out the best, but it's actually allowing – me to connect the way that I would kind of in meditation, but it's like even better. It's like it's like my brain just becomes an open channel and these ideas just come out of my mouth as my hands are occupied. So I've that been, sounds pretty cool. It's cool. <laughs> it, it is cool. And it's also cool to think about, you know, like I don't know, when you do art, like you're channeling spirit, right? And it's like it's like crystallized in this canvas or in this whatever you're doing it on it's like even if it's you know what I mean like you're you're channeling something to do that right, right. Can, you, can you like uh talk about that a little bit more Julia or talk about you know I, I want to come back to this like healing and transmutation of limitation and trauma because you're talking about using art and ritual and I think um you know Ritual is something also that I think a lot of us that listen to this podcast, we like want to do, but we don't maybe, or I know I don't do enough of it, like as I want, as much as I want to do. 
So can or you- like, I don't know like really what I'm doing. Yeah. Does that exactly. make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I had someone tell me recently, like, start with the ones that you know, like the simple, like lighting a candle. Um, I even have recently been playing around with a lot of prayer work or commands while I'm brushing my teeth. Ooh, and if you what's can that part- like? Yeah. Can you elaborate <laughs> on that, please? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm really, really loving um, this phrase, um, I am the light of my purpose. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it just feels really good. And, and I feel that the resonance of that phrase really encapsulates and overrides the doubt, the judgment and fear. It's just like kind of knocks it all out at once. And so I'm brushing my teeth. I'm imagining liquid golden light, well, rose gold light. That's my jam. Coming <laughs> rose in. gold, love it. <laughs> and just recalibrating all of my cells as I'm brushing my teeth. Mm. So that's a really simple ritual. Um, but we all know we're already doing it again. And we may not even know what we're doing, but just bringing um, conscious awareness into the small things. Like I love arranging flowers in my house. That's been um, really fun for me to bring in and change up the colors. And when I'm out at the store, just feeling into and putting my hand out and doing a little bit of like muscle testing to figure out what flowers want to come home with me and decorating them around my space and just like giving gratitude um, feels ritualistic for me. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many ways that we can just incorporate surrendering to larger forces and celebrating what is present. Mm. I love how you said like finding, asking like what flowers want to come home with you versus the other way around. That's, um, and how do you do muscle testing on yourself? I feel like any muscle testing that I've seen is like, you have to do it with someone else. How do you do it with yourself? Yeah, I just like put my hand out and I just kind of like push down on the air and I feel it catch a little bit. Mm. It takes some practicing, but there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. You can stand up straight and ask your body to show you a yes. Most people fall forward um, and using your body as a pendulum. Oh, cool. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, then put your hand out and feel what like feels warm, like you would choosing a deck from an Oracle deck or something. Mm Mm-hmm kind of scanning the, sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and just like walk down the aisle and put my hand out and figure out what it wants to eat. My body mm. wants to eat. I like that. That's yeah, I awesome. like that too. That's really awesome. So what about um, going back to the virtual coven, the Visionary Vixen Collective? So what is that? So what is a virtual coven? Number one, what does that um, entail? Yeah. It is a, I call it, we meet in a virtual temple space. It's a weekly women's spiritual empowerment group. Mm. So it runs for three months and we meet through Zoom um, for an hour to an hour and a half. And I ask a wisdom question each week and we give the sisters each week to come up with the answer that they want to share. And there's a, either an art project that I assign or a ritual that we do to deepen the understanding of that question. And then we hop on a call and I do a guided meditation and energy work, kind of just feeling into the collective field and clearing any collective beliefs that we may have, and then sharing a gratitude, a breakthrough, and then our investigating of the wisdom question. Sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds, that does. that's cool. 
Sounds really beautiful. We actually were kind of doing a little something, not not that in depth, but just like meeting with a group of women over Zoom a couple times and really was feeling how necessary that is right now. You know, if we can't meet in person because we're all so all over the place and we don't really live in villages anymore, unfortunately, <laughs> hopefully we will in the future, um, you know, to just have that circle virtually um, is so important. Like I didn't even realize how important it was until recently in my life. And so that sounds amazing. And the Visionary Vixen Collective, you said that's like the most recent one. So what – do they change or what's the deal with that? So this is my second one. The first one I did was called the League of Exemplary Witches. Whoa. Whoa. That's magical. <laughs> yeah. And like that one was a little bit more simplified. It was just me assigning a wisdom question. And it was wonderful. But now I did another group program called Writing Ritual. Um, I'm a really avid fan of journaling. And I designed that class just to get people into their journals um, with a a daily prompt for 14 days. And I was seeing what I was able to do with people when I was assigning like a way to artfully interact with themselves. And I wanted to merge the two in a way that we could be creating together as well. That's awesome. I love that name. (laughs) Um, I, do you have a I'm what are these wisdom questions like? Can you give us a wisdom question? I'm like really intrigued yeah. by these wisdom questions. Yeah, totally. So each each month has a different section. In the first month, we're really digging up, doing some work around finding where we're stagnant, finding where what stories we're telling ourselves around money, around what we're capable of. Mm. And this is where we really utilize the earth. I want to get people outside and into nature and connecting the spirit, but having a, an inventory of where they're needing help. So it's really the first month is just doing scanning work and it's the less comfortable, less sparkly work. But that's probably, I don't have the questions all written down right away. I have like a section of what we're going to be doing, but I don't have the exact questions, but it's around limitation of creativity, um, finances and capability. And then the second month it's, it's more around alchemy and really looking at where we want to be moving into and doing that clearing space so we can have the available energy to really envision and go into the dream work of, you know, I'm one of the questions that I come back to again and again is an exercise around creating your perfect day. And writing about the little details of waking up in the morning and the mug that you're using. And if you have a family and your partner, and I really love hearing and sharing that. So that'll be included there. Um, And then writing a poem based on what it's like to be living in that reality. Mm. We pair around there. And then the last month is about the body. And really, I think I planned it that way so I could work up to the body because I feel as women, um, that's a really harder place to go and to look at and a lot of forgiveness work and going into more of listening to the body and guiding people to do their own energetic healing. Oh, that's so on point. That's been coming up a lot for me about like listening to the body because (laughs) so often I feel like. I'm getting intuition, but it feels it, – it, it, I'm just realizing – I finally started to realize um, because I actually got it 
I got an ear infection um, last week and it I've never had an ear infection before and literally I couldn't hear anything out of my ear. And finally, I, I think Ambie – gosh, I can't even remember already, but I think you and I were doing an episode and – oh, yeah, we were doing the Thoth episode and um, I was asking about it and he was saying, um, you know, like I'm not hearing my intuition. I'm not willing to hear my intuition, so I have to listen. And as soon as that happened, I actually did like a little – I felt like I spontaneously was um, guided to do this where I just stood up very straight and I put my hands together in front of my heart and I just started speaking to spirit in a way and my guides in a way like I never have before. And it felt so authentic and real. And I was saying, um, I'm sorry, like I haven't listened to you. I know I've pushed you away. I really have every time. Um, I haven't wanted to hear, but I'm ready to hear. And, um, and anyway, and then my ears started clearing up. I mean, I used hydrogen peroxide, but also it started clearing up like pretty quickly. And, um, and then I really started to be like, oh, this could be fun to listen to my intuition because I've always thought of my in- – I've always thought of my intuition as these like nagging parents kind of, I guess, because I'm putting like my parents, what they used to do to me on top of my intuition, you know? So I always kind of felt like I don't want to hear it because I don't want to hear this like bad stuff. Um, but then I started to be like, this could be really fun. And then I started to realize that every time I thought I was hearing my intuition, it was all in my head. Like it was literally coming from my head. And – when I felt into, you know, and then it all makes sense of like, we say it all the time, Ambie, but like feel into that, feel into that. <laughs> it mm-hmm. finally clicked yeah. for me. It's like, oh, yeah, actually feel into your body on that because that's where the intuition's coming from. It's not coming from your head. Like your head is like made to, you know, your head is made to logic with things. And it's just was so – I'm just getting that message over and over again for myself, like to really like pay attention to your body because your body's always like talking to you and telling you what's going on. So – that's great. Yeah, totally. And I, I've heard someone told me recently that when you're receiving, you're not thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's what do you what do you mean? Like when you're receiving information, your mind isn't. Oh, you're not thinking like well, logically. You're just using yeah. your intuition. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and like honestly, that was hard for me to hear too. It didn't. I'm like I'm such an analytical person. And I'm like oh. Yeah. I'm make sense of why this happened and, you know, the chain reaction of events that happened over here. But it's like we, you know, coming into the felt experience again and, and listening to the body, like we, you know, again, I feel like I'm saying this over and over again, but we have all the information and the mind can distort that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Like when I'll do readings for people, And I'll say, you know, this is what I see for you. And they like logically talk themselves out of it, like in front of me. And I'm like, okay, that's your path. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's interesting because I've, I've done that too. Definitely. I've talked to intuitives and, um, sometimes I'm just not ready to hear the information. So you kind of logically know this and this and this and this, and like kind of talk yourself out of it. So I think it, I think it's also like when you're you're really ready to sit with that because sometimes it it's right there and sometimes it takes years. Do you agree with that or? Yeah, totally. It's like so you're not. I'm just like feeling like your your literal your field doesn't have the opening for that information yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you kind of have to wait for that to marinate in until it's it's ready to be digested. Definitely, mm-hmm. and also it works the other way around too because. 
I was just thinking of a very recent time, Ambie, that I called you very convinced of a of a certain situation being a certain way. I was convinced of it, like truly felt – I thought I felt it in my body. Like I thought – but what I realized after I – and then you tuned in and you came back with like, oh, well, you know, this is – this is like what your guides are saying. And it it really took me by surprise. But I then I realized like what I, I thought I was feeling it in my body. But what I realized I was feeling in my body was just fear, like intense mm. fear. And I think it's so important to start distinguishing because I'm starting to realize for myself as someone who I've just said, I've blocked this. I have I truly have blocked like guidance out for so long because like I said, I it's like I don't want to hear anything negative or bad. And that's a theme in my life in general. I'm realizing like, oh, just don't show me the bad things so that I don't have to deal with it type of thing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I'm starting to realize that this whole time, every time I think that I know what's going on I, or and it's a bad – it's a really bad thing, it's just total fear that I'm feeling in my body. And I'm also realizing that your intuition, as you said, Julia, I think it's like you said, you're not thinking. It just kind of flows in. And it's, I feel like it's not, it doesn't feel like fear. It just feels like, oh, like there you go. It's right there. Boom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then how you interpret that maybe could make you feel fear. But when it initially comes in, it doesn't feel like fear. It just feels like here it is. Um, so it's, it's interesting how we're learning and like reconnecting back to our bodies. And I, you know, I feel like that actually goes hand in hand, Julia, with, you know, you're talking about how you love to get people out into nature, out of their heads and into the natural world, like, as much as possible. And I feel like there's some resonance between our connection with nature and our connection with our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to – do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. It's like we forget that we are walking earth. Like, we are not separate and – we're so deeply conditioned by every aspect of mainstream culture that that's not true mm -hmm. or valued. Yep. So it's a really recalibrating to get into nature and to just connect more deeply to the, the actual physicality of the human experience. Mm. I like that. Yeah. That's a good call. I think it's interesting, like going into what you were talking about, about the physical body of, I know that, and I'm sure that you talk about this as well. Well, I'm not sure, but I would assume you would. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I know that, um, Julia, are you a mom or no? No. Okay. So I know that like for me as a mom, we have this, this shame that comes with like your, your body after having children, right? Like we're supposed to, and I'm shifting gears. So if you guys want to go back to nature, totally fine. But this just came up for me just now, so I wanted to bring it up. But there's this shame of, like, you have to still look like you've had no children, you know? And I think that that's, as women, that's unrealistic to a degree. And then also it it really takes away from the experience of, of being able to have a baby, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. And I even just feel myself getting older and my body changing. Mm. And there's, like, dialogue in my head that's, like, Oh, I should stop eating so much gluten. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> I love bread. Yeah. Like, what? like I it's okay. Like I'm beautiful and it's like I have to keep, you know, that dialogue still comes up for me and it's just constantly like co-parenting myself <laughs> mm, and yeah. remembering and, and and playing with the body. I, I learned that, you know, I, I love dancing. It's a really 
deep passion of mine and moving and playing with the body really helps me appreciate it more. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because I, I was just dancing this morning, which I realized I haven't done in a while, but like all the guidance that I've been getting recently has been dance. Like just dance every time you feel your energy not moving or your creativity is lacking, dance because you're going to get the energy moving. And I was dancing this morning and just really like appreciating the fact that I have this body to dance in. And and in that mm-hmm. moment, it's it's in those moments, I think, and I think this is another reason why we're encouraged to dance because it's in those moments that you realize how quickly you can move and how many different things you can do with your body and how most of the time you probably spend it sitting down or slouched just like, you know, in a you know, on your computer, which is, it's fine, but it just shows you how often, you know, we don't use our bodies. And then that, I feel like that can help lead to us feeling ungrateful or unappreciative, or it just, we don't remember to be appreciative because we're so focused on the problems and the things we have to get done that we're not remembering that we're literally spirit in a body. Like what? It's Mm. crazy. (laughs) I mean, it's truly wild. And I think about – I just just getting this. Um, there's like something that I heard someone say once to, that basically, um, for anyone who's like, oh, there's no afterlife, or oh, we're just bodies here, and there's nothing more than that. It's nothing more than. I physical. don't think they listen to us. No, I'm just kidding. no, they I'm don't. Kidding. But I, this just came up again as like something that I've said to, I've brought up to people before, as something to think about, which is, um, you know, when somebody passes away. What, how, how do you know that they're passed away? If they're laying on the ground and they have now transitioned, how do you know? Like it, they're, they're not – their body's still there, right? But you know because they're not animated anymore. They're not moving. It Like how do you know – yeah, like they're not moving anymore. They're not um, – there's no spirit in it. There's no energy in it. It's just lifeless. So if we were not more than the body – and the and we, if we were just the body and the body died, then the body would just disappear immediately, right? Like the body would just dissolve. Like that's how we would know that someone had died. But what's being taken from the body? The life. The body's still there. The body's still right there for days, right? But the life is taken out of it. And so what happened? Like the spirit went somewhere else. And I just – I don't really know why that just came up so strongly, but I saw it in my head and I wanted to iterate that because I just think it, again, gives you this idea of like we are this spirit that has gone through this amazing journey to be in this body. And I think, as you're saying, Julia, we need to play in it more and we need to use it more. It's like we have a Corvette or I don't know, like some really awesome car. I don't even know if Corvette's cool. I don't know about cars. But some really <laughs> awesome car and we just have it parked in the – the garage all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. That was a good yeah. analogy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone asked me recently, like, what do you think God wants us to do? And I was like, play. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my, uh, my dad was in a um, car accident um, in 2004 and he's now an incomplete quadriplegic. Wow. And, that I think was always a really big reminder of me to to play with my body and to, to have fun outside. He was an avid rock climber my whole life. And after his accident, um, he had to get really creative with the ways that he played and my parents sail and go kayaking. Um, wow. But, I, you know, I, I, I believe that we choose each body and in, in each incarnation knowing 
um, what we're going to get mm-hmm. and really commend the intelligence and the courage of my dad's soul for choosing that. Um, I'm really a big fan of Dr. Michael Newton and journey of souls and oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those books like were a major upgrade in my understanding of the eternal perspective. Um, give a lot of thanks to him and his work, but, um, yeah, that, I think that that choosing that path and finding the, the ways to play has really struck a chord with me and, and know that that's, that I chose to come into this family and this life, um, receiving that information as well and sharing that. Absolutely. And I think um, that's funny you brought up that book because we were talking about doing a whole episode on what happens, um, kind of like how Journey of Souls is, is about like what's happening on the other side when you're not in a body, like what's happening over there and like how are decisions being made and, you know, what is that whole process like? Um, And because I think it is so interesting and we just shared on our most recent podcast, but I'm just going to reiterate it here because it keeps coming up for me all day long is that – you know, I heard somewhere, and I think it was on the other podcast I host called Positive Head, but um, that, uh, you know, the other souls that not every soul incarnates, like not every soul decides to come into a body. And so the other souls that are still in non-physical, look at us like we are like wild, like daredevils who are coming down here. Because like why would – because to them it's like why would you – why would you leave like where everything's perfect and you can keep exploring here? And it's like because, you know, we are the daredevils of like non-physical and like we want to come down here and really like experience some dense things and really like mix it up and really ex- – and it goes back to what we always talk about. It's like you didn't come here to avoid pain. You came here to experience every type of emotion. Like you came here to have those experiences. And – um And so I kept getting this image when I was hearing that about the fact that like the people who are incarnated, even if you're laying on the couch right now and haven't gotten up in three months because you're you're, like in a funk or whatever, like you are the daredevil and you are like the astronaut of non-physical. Like you decided to come into this body to explore what – 3D, you know, being in a body, being down here in this very dense reality would be like, and it's like you're totally in the unknown and it's like, it's literally like you're an astronaut just the other way around, you know what I mean? Because you're out here exploring. And um, I just think it's a big reminder that like, we're not here to get it right and we're not here to have a perfect experience. We're here to explore and have all the experiences. And Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's powerful to remember that like if you are that person who's been on the couch for three months or whatever because you're in a funk or you're feeling like, oh, I can't do anything right or, oh, like I'm not even doing anything. It's like – but just the fact that you're here, like just the Mm -hmm. fact that you're here means like you did something. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like that's a huge – it's just something like you should digest, I think. Totally. I know I – I've been playing around with the phrase instead of being like a light worker, a light warrior, being a spectrum specialist. Oh, mm. and love that. you know, it's like we got to go in and experience the depths of all the different flavors because it enriches our our landscape. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And even you know, today I was on a Zoom um, for this uh, superfood company we're partnered with called Purium, and. Um, 
we do like masterminds and on this call today, everyone was getting on and sharing like their struggles and people were crying and people were – but it was so authentic and real and, you know, they were – like everyone was just sharing like what had happened and what had happened to them in, in very recent times and everything that they're going through. And normally these calls are very uplifting and happy and, you know, but for some reason today it was like very emotional. But at the same time, it was so – um it was so inspiring to hear people's struggles, like to hear the to hear what people are going through and what they're overcoming and what they're um, what they're walking towards, and also knowing that those stories, like those stories of what they experience, like all these low points, it's like those low points are going to be used in the future to help other people who are going through low points come out of them and know that it's okay. You know, I was just watching something on Facebook, like right before we started this about, I don't know, um, BB Rexa, like she's a singer. I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but it was just her story of like just all these stories of people who just have tried and failed and tried and failed and just kept going, just kept going, even though they messed up a million times, even though, you know, they had a ton of low points. It's like, I feel like we have – there's this idea out there that we're slowly deconstructing as we awaken that like you're here to – you know, win the trophy or something. Like you're here to just get it right and then win the trophy and then get patted on the back and then have a nice life. And it's like, um, you know, we're here to have these struggles and we're here to have these, like you said, have the full spectrum so that then we can uplift the next people. Like then our stories can inspire the other people who haven't gone through those yet and are just going through those. And then it gets passed on and passed on and passed on. And as we as that happens, we all just keep lifting each other up, you know? I think we have this idea that pain is like we should just avoid this at all costs and it's like it's really powerful in motivating us. So I love that, thinking of like we want the full spectrum. Like it's okay to experience all the shades, you know? It makes me think of um, – do you, know, do you know Reggie Ray? He's a Tibetan Buddhist meditation teacher and practitioner. He has a a center in Crestone, Colorado, but he talks a lot about pain and anxiety. And he says that, you know, we live in a culture that thinks being uncomfortable is a bad thing, Mm. but it's a bad thing in that it's actually the gateway to our larger being. It's Mm -hmm. telling us that something right now, our, our current limitations are not cutting it anymore and we need to seek new resource. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's it's actually like a it's like an engine light on your car that's like this isn't working. So let's shift this. You know. And mm. and it's and like you said, it's like a it's a great it's a good thing. It shows you're leveling up. You know. You're really like there's a place for you to expand. And I think right now more than ever, we're all being presented with these things at an accelerated rate like we're it's like we're all seeing it and it's just coming like waves like and that's because we're accelerating through space and time and in our we're ascending you know like we gotta kind of it's being kicked into to hyperdrive and we're kind of being put on this accelerated path to grow and shift and release and so it's kind of getting to this point where it's like all you can do is welcome it, you know? All you I've been doing tapping sessions with I've been doing so many tapping sessions in the past few days and it's just become so apparent to me that like the most powerful thing you can ever do is just say you can be I I welcome you. You can be here as long as you want. Part of me wants you to 
part of me wants you to get out of here, like this emotion or this experience or this feeling. But you know what? You can be here if you need to be here. That's okay. And the miracle that happens when you actually just accept what's happening, it's mm. it's amazing. It's really amazing. So <sighs> um, Julia, <laughs> Julia, where um, where can people reach out to you? Where can people reach out to you for coaching, for the virtual coven, for all of your things? Um, on Instagram, my tag is Inner Muse. Um, my website is ascendedresonance.com. And you can find me on Facebook under Julia Muse. You have the perfect last name, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> it's I like – it. Oh, it's so perfect. I love it. It goes with everything that you're doing perfectly. Um, awesome. Anything else you feel called to share before we start wrapping up here? Um, not at the moment. I just want to thank you guys both so much for having me on here and for putting on this podcast and creating these types of conversations. I just feel like I got sucked into this really awesome portal and <laughs> felt like there was some really good traction made and I just love being in the presence and designating the space to get in there, you know, and mm-hmm. to, to share. So thank you for, for this experience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you for thank sharing. You. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your wisdom and thank you for showing up and doing all the work that you're doing. And I just feel personally very inspired every time we meet another person, another specifically women who are just really going for it and really following their inner calling. Um, It just feels like we're all starting to connect and activate and awaken and it's really exciting. And um, yeah, maybe Ambie and I will um, pop up in – are you in Humboldt, did you say, now? Yeah, I'm in Humboldt. Awesome. Well, I've been wanting to go there for a while. So maybe Ambie and I will pop up in Humboldt, Humboldt at some point. And um, otherwise, Ambie, you want to say anything? Um, no, I think you – I think I just wanted to say thank you to, to Julia, but I already did. So <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, until next time, everyone, keep on blooming. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.